0: The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, September 11th, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Tales of the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Which actually reminds me, I was going to look up something on our ways in our library real quick. And I did not get to do that before we went live. So I apologize if you guys will bear with me for just a moment. I was kind of looking... No, we don't really have what I was looking for. All right. I was going to see if we had like the Star Spangled Banner or something... I'm just going to take 5 seconds and just I, I'm going to have some silence because it is 911. I know the day is largely over, but I just want to have uh a couple minutes of respect. So if you guys will bear with me and join me for just a few seconds. Okay. All right, I appreciate that. Let's go ahead and get down to business here. Uh, Tonight's show, as all shows, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 and 10, as well as give commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. All right. I'm going to go through updates in very abbreviated fashion. A couple things. I do have some new stuff to say, and mostly I'm going to focus on those. Um, Having a little problem here with the highlighting again with the mouse. Uh, Final season of The Walking Dead starts in four weeks using tonight as week one, October 2nd, which means next, not next weekend, two weeks from now, um, the 25th, actually, it's three weeks from now, I think. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. Uh, At any rate, whatever week it is, the 25th, they're not doing stuff that I know of. Uh, Nothing has been announced anyway. So um, I guess we just have a break for a week, and then... Oh, my God, that's making so much mess. I'm trying to get the URL for the first article I want to read you guys, but it didn't copy it correctly. So I've got a bunch of other stuff i got to delete before it's a functional URL. I appreciate your patience while I work all these things out because uh, sometimes my highlighting and other stuff that I do is not what it once was. And we have little issues from time to time. But anyway, I do have an article when we get to Fear, which is my next thing I want to talk about. Um, so Fear of the Walking Dead Season 8. Um, it had been said that it might air... Uh, well, okay. Uh, Walking Dead Classic is not going to be over until I think first week of November, if memory serves. And so... Uh, technically they were saying it was Thanksgiving weekend, but I keep hearing that there's this like final party thing out in California because they're giving away tickets. They're having a raffle for somebody to come attend. So whenever that's over, I thought that fear might be picking up right afterwards. It's going to run into Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah stuff, which normally it does not. But this being the end of it, I thought they were making an exception or something. But at any rate, um, I do have an article by Cameron Bolamona, who writes for comicbook.com, which is one of our main sources of info. Um, And he's talking about Fear Season 8 has started filming. Um, Now, if they've just started filming it now in September, it is starting to look unlikely that it's going to be ready by 2022, even if they just do the first eight episodes. It seems like that's not a thing. So let me read this article to you and see what's up. All right, so I'm going to double-check the chat room. Joan is is there with us, and I'm going to give her some welcome applause. Thank you for being here. All right, so it's 8.35. Let's go ahead and take a look at this article. So filming is underway on Season 8 of Fear the Walking Dead. Director and executive producer Michael Satcho Revealed an August 8, start date live on Sunday's Talking Dead, The Walking Dead Universe preview 2022. Oh, wow. That kind of aired <clears throat> to take the place of the entirety of Talking Dead for the miniseries. At any rate, they don't seem to have any Talking Dead associated with it. So they did all this instead. They kind of preloaded it up front. Teasing a reinvention as a series moves production from Texas to Savannah, Georgia. Showrunners Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg, who took the reins from series co-creator Dave Erickson in season four, uh, are returning as executive producers alongside AMC's Walking Dead Universe chief content officer Scott Gimple. Former Fear lead Kim Dickens, who guest starred in June's Gone season finale, is returning as a series regular, which we already knew this was not a a new thing. Uh, opposite Lenny James is Morgan Jones. Fear season eight is, quote, kind of reinventing the show a bit, Satra Zamas told Talking Dead host Chris Hardwick. Following Madison's return and Alicia Clark's exit from the series after seven seasons, which, for the record, I'm going to say again, is extremely badly timed, and I can't imagine what you could do to the show afterwards to make this palatable, I I think it was extremely ugly to do that. Um, Anyway, Gone ended with Madison and Morgan in the same boat en route to Padre in uncharted waters off the coast of Louisiana. Quote, getting a brand new palette to work with visually and a lot of that kind of low country beach areas as a background. That's something our characters will navigate. Tatra teased off the new setting, adding, I think that's enough before I get into trouble. Revealing that Madison survived her apparent death in season four's No One's Gone, mid-season finale, Gone reintroduced the mother of Alicia and Nick Clark as a collector for Padre, a mystery location the survivors spent season seven trying to find. The organization, quote, rescues children by stealing them from their parents, including baby Moe, the adopted daughter Morgan is raising with Grace. Quote, I think the thing we're really excited about is the promise of that final season, between Madison and Morgan in the season seven finale, when it's the two of them partnering up to take down this monolithic force that we only know as Padre, Shambliss previously told AMC.com. We know what Padre does does isn't that great, and we're just excited about seeing these two iconic characters within the Walking Dead universe teaming up together to try to, to bring down this really nefarious group. Led by series regulars Lenny James and Kim Dickens, the returning cast of Fear the Walking Dead Season 8 includes Coleman Domingo, Ruben Blades, Denai Garcia, Jenna Elfman, Karen David, Mo Collins, Alexa Nissenson. Uh, yes, apparently she's still with us, even though we were led to believe that she was at death's door with radiation, cancer type things going on. Christina Evangelista and Austin Emilio. Premiere date is still TBA. So that didn't really give us a date, but it gives us some speculation boundaries and framework because we had been told it was probably going to happen over 2022 into 23. And it's starting to look like that is unlikely now. And I thought you guys might want that update. Um, world beyond we've done dead in the water. We've done the Daryl spinoff we've done, and there's nothing really new. Um, we don't have a date for that except 2023. Maggie and Negan in New York uh, has now become The Walking Dead, Dead City. Talked about all that. Um, Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey D. Morgan are also going to be co-executive producers on this, along with Eli Jornet, who's been a writer for several episodes of The Walking Dead. And uh, also Scott Gimple is going to be uh, uh still Chief Content Officer. He's going to have a finger in this. Rick and Michonne thing, 2023, does not have a title. Uh, more on that later. Uh, call in to speak with the hosts if you would like it. 914-338-0314. We'll be taking calls all evening tonight, but we encourage you especially to call between 830 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time if you can before the live show. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, Uh, on TV, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. I'm going to double check the chat room, see how Joan is going. Um, She did some snooping around based on what I just said, and I want to stop and add this real quick. She says September 25th schedule in AMC has a preview show for the final eight episodes at 9 PM. Interesting. One of the Chris Hardwick specials after they run the first 16 episodes of season 11 during the day. So I guess they're, Rerunning everything so y'all can get caught up and then Chris Harvard will have a show. They're starting at 3.45 a.m. I assume that means to run the 16 and then so it goes into Sunday night. Yeah, I, I don't need to do that. Maybe some of our listeners do. Maybe you guys are not as caught up. Uh, Joan also says, I'll be excited for season eight of Fear when they announce it will be the last season. The girl can hope anyway. You know, not going to lie. I'm really kind of done. I also kind of hope it starts to be done when the main season, main show is done because when walking dead classic closes, there's a whole lot of plot devices they have up in the air and they need to start resolving them and corralling all the kittens and get these stories told and done. So I'm right with you, Joan. All right. Let me go back to my notes and, uh, If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room, which is where Joan's telling me all this great stuff. And you can come in and ask questions. You can chat with us, and you'll be able to listen to the show real time while you're there, as well as go back to that link and download the episode after the fact. We post the links for that on our Facebook page and my social media. So feel free to share those. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening or for any episode, you can still go to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 for later listening. Just go to the URL, click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page, and you can download this and prior episodes also on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. All right, tonight's Tales episode is entitled Devon, D-A-V-O-N. The official AMC synopsis is... In a noir-ish, as in film noir, fractured memory thriller, a young stranger suddenly wakes up in a dangerous foreign town. Now, when they say foreign, this has been released. What they mean is Matawashka, Maine. And this is a real town. It is a border town between Maine and Canada. And he has no memory of how he got there. He must piece together fragments of his broken mind to understand why the townspeople accuse him of murder. Let me double-check. Joan has not added anything further, so let's keep going. Um, The article has been finished. So, yes, I don't need to read you any more of that. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Since each episode is self-contained, we will also introduce the main characters and actors who play them, profile them, because... To the best of our knowledge, this is a one-shot on the show, so I want to make sure that we get to hear a little more about them and appreciate them. Alrighty, 844, let's do bios for the characters tonight. Jesse T. Usher is Devon. Jesse T. Usher Jr. was born the son of Jesse T. and Judith Usher in Silver Spring, Maryland, so going to give him some applause as a D.C. guy. Yay! <laughs> And, yes, that's kind of a thing. If you're from the suburbs, a lot of times we just say D.C. It's less complicated. (laughs) Okay, he graduated from high school at the age of 15. He leapt his way through school, earning academic excellence from elementary to college as a top honor student. Good for you, Jesse. He graduated high school as class salutatorian before moving straight to the dean's list in college, studying culinary arts, and earning the honor of being a member of the Alpha Gamma Sigma Honor Society. Um, Joan, that's something that if you care to look up for me would be helpful. What is Alpha Gamma Sigma? Is that Greek or is that uh, related to a major or a discipline? Like is it, you know, English Honor Society or something like that? Uh, Let me know what you find. Usher first showed an interest in acting at the age of five after his sister, Jestia, J-E-S-S-T-I-A, and I, I beg forgiveness if I'm saying it wrong, booked a TV commercial. His first acting job was an Oscar Mayer commercial. Jesse was inspired to act at an early age. When his family moved to Los Angeles in 2003, he landed guest star roles in numerous television shows, including Without a Trace, Numbers, The Mentalist, Criminal Minds, Lincoln Heights, Hannah Montana, and Summer Camp. Jesse's first big break came in 2011, playing the lead role of Lyle Hugginson in Cartoon Network's television movie called Level Up. The project became a well-loved TV series, and Jesse reprised his role throughout the show's two seasons. Leaping up to present day, Jesse can be seen on a variety of different movies and TV series like The Boys on Amazon as A-Train, Tales of the Walking Dead on AMC as Devon, Smile, a Paramount, Paramount movie as Trevor, Shaft on Netflix as John Shaft Jr., a.k.a. J.J., Independence Day Resurgence, 20th Century Fox movie as Dylan Hiller, The Banker on Apple TV as Tony, Dangerous Lies on Netflix as Adam. Almost Christmas on Universal Pictures as Evan. When the Game Stands Tall. Mandalay Pictures as Tayshon T-A-Y-S-H-O-N. Seal Team Animation on Netflix as Quinn. Survivor's Remorse on Stars as Cam Calloway. And no, that's not misspelled. They don't mean Cab Calloway. It's Cam. I actually did not understand that and went and looked it up. (laughs) And many other great movies, television and voiceovers. He stars in the show, the TV series, The Boys, alongside Layla Robbins, who plays Pamela on Walking Dead now. Colby Menifee, who played Virginia on Fear. Laurie Holden, who played Andrea on Walking Dead Classic. And Jeffrey D. Morgan, who obviously plays Negan. Jesse has 30 acting credits back to 2005, including Hannah Montana. A couple of these I've mentioned already, but I just wanted to make sure. Criminal Minds, Independence Day Resurgence, MacGyver 2020 Reboot, and more. The Independence Day thing is funny because Independence Day 1 is currently airing on AMC before Walking Dead begins. So that's a, a little coincidental piece of fun. All right, future episodes, not episodes, future projects include more episodes of The Boys. He's still on there in that role and will be continuing after this has wrapped up. All right, Uh, Joan has found the fraternity thing. It, It is in the Greek system. Alpha Gamma Sigma is an honor society in California's community college system. It was specifically set up for the community college level. Okay, thank you for that. All right, next actor profile. Um, her name is spelt L-O-A-N, but I, I could not find anywhere where they confirmed pronunciation, but I'm going to take a guess and say it's probably Loan. Uh, so L-O-A-N, Loan Chabanol, C-H-A-B-A-N-O-L, plays Nora. Born and raised in the south of France and Paris, Loan Chabanol studied painting and drawing, at a young age before embarking on a successful international modeling career. She is of Vietnamese, German, and Italian descent. Her early years were spent in art classes with artist Bernard Bistes, B-I-S-T-E-S. Loan lives in Los Angeles and speaks fluent French and English. She became an American citizen in 2020. At age 15, she won the Elite Model Look Contest and soon graced the covers of Elle Mary Claire and several other major fashion publications. In 2010, she shifted her focus to acting, and began work at the Lee Strasberg Institute in New York. Her studies quickly paid off, and in 2013, she was cast by director slash actor John Turturro in *Fading Gigolo*, performing in a notable scene along Woody Allen. uh, Alongside Woody Allen, pardon me. This caught the attention of director Paul Haggis who next cast Loan in a co-starring role playing alongside James Franco and Mila Kunis in his film Third Person. During this time, she also continued her painting and exhibited her work in four different shows around New York. In 2015, Loan was cast in a lead role in The Transporter Refueled alongside actor Ed Screen, S-K-R-E-I-N. Could be Screen, but probably not. Uh, in 2022, Loan was cast as the female lead in the first installment of the anthology series Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, this is from her IMDb, and as I've told you guys each week so far, the original six episodes were reordered. Nobody has come forward as to why. They just did. Um, so this wasn't actually the first installment. It's the fifth. Okay, next profile. It's 851. Let's see how many we can get going. Uh, Next is Gage Monroe as Arnold. Gage Monroe was uh, born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He's an actor known for Nobody in 2021, The Shack 2017, and Hotel Transylvania, the series in 2017. He has 61 acting credits back to 2008, including Falling Skies, Babara and the Adventures of Badu, Paw Patrol, The Lizzie Borden Chronicles, The Expanse, Hotel Transylvania the Series, and more. Kind of seeing a little bit of a theme here. Several actors on this list have worked in things that other actors on this list have worked on. So there's a lot of Kevin Bacon game going on here. All right, future projects for Gage include Luckiest Girl Alive, a 2022 Netflix thriller movie starring Mila Kunis and Jennifer Beale. Again. All right. 852, let's go to the next. Beth Davids, D-A-V-I-D-T-Z, as Amanda. Mbeth Davids was born in Lafayette, Indiana. She is known for her role as Miss Honey in the film Matilda from 1996. Her parents, Jean and John Davids, were South Africans with Dutch English, and French ancestry. The family moved to Trenton, New Jersey, before returning to her parents' native country, where her father was a university professor. David studied at Rhodes University. Her acting started with the National Theater Company's Romeo and Juliet, for which she received good reviews. She married Jason Sloan in June of 2002. She got a small role in South African-filmed American horror Mutator in 89. She moved to L.A. in 92 and landed a role in her first American film, Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness, in 92. Also, she appeared in the television film Till Death Do Us Part in 92, after director Steven Spielberg cast her in Schindler's List in 93 as Helen Hirsch. In Matilda, based on Roald Dahl's children's book, she played the role of Miss Honey. She's often most recognized for her role in this film. She also starred in Bicentennial Man in 99, and got a supporting role in the film Bridget Jones' Diary in 2001 as Natasha. Also in 2001, her role included horror thriller 13 Ghosts in 2001. Uh, that's redundant. I'm sorry I said that twice. Uh, in 2009, she played Felicia Coons on Californication Series Season 3. Pardon. David's played in Mark Webb's Spider-Man reboots 1 and 2 as Peter Parker's mother, Mary Parker. She was also in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo 2011, and she was in Mad Men in 2012. Future projects for Mbeth include Retribution, which is a remake of the 2015 Spanish film, El Desconocido, 2022. Um, oh, that's when this, this new remake is is coming out, so this year at some point. And it also stars Liam Neeson and Matthew Modine. All right, so 8.55. Nothing else in the chat room, so let's keep going as much as we are able. Uh, co-stars tonight, also getting profiled. Andrew Tickle as Durant. Um... Okay, this is his profile. I'm sorry, I had I thought I had a list, but this is Andrew's profile. Um, Andrew went to high school, ostensibly at St. Peter's and Marrow Grange Catholic High School, which is in the UK. Um, I couldn't really find any bio info on him, so I'm not sure how all this worked out, but through a series of whatever adventures in his life, he has ended up in Asheville, North Carolina, which is kind of like... Uh, the East Coast version of Austin, Texas. <laughs> um, anyway, he's got three acting credits to his name. Um, he was in The Ballad of Frankie Silver 2010, Blue in 2015, which is a movie, and Tales of the Walking Dead. Next up is Mason James Bienvenu, who plays Garen, G-A-R-E-N. Um, the character is uh, between age 8 to 10. The next Three profiles are all minor children that are fairly young. Um, he is underage, and there are no photos or bios. And this may even be his first role. Uh, next is Fiona Kate Caruso as little girl, age 8 to 10. Same thing. Appears to be a young minor, no data, no profiles online. William Rude Seal. You know, Rude and Seal together is his last name, as Jules. He was also 8 to 10. William Rootfield is an actor born in Wilmington, North Carolina. He's from a theatrical family with both parents and a sister involved in film and theater. He became interested in performing after playing Little Nipper in a stage production of Oliver. He has appeared in a number of commercials and film or TV projects and enjoys the exciting pace of set life. William is an avid gamer and heavily involved in Boy Scouts with his dad, and loves outdoor adventures. Future projects for William include a uh, TV show George and Tammy in 2022, season one, episode three, is playing Brian Jones, and a movie called Lily, a suspense drama based on the life of fair pay activist Lily Ledbetter. All right, 857, we can maybe get part of one more profile. Vanita Kalra, V-A-N-I-T-A capital K-A-L-R-A, as Anguished Mother. Vanita Kalra is a South Asian actress, writer, and funny person. I assume that means comedian. Prior to becoming a full-time creative, Vanita had a 15-year career as a civil and human rights lawyer, including prosecuting genocide in Cambodia. She holds a Juris Doctorate from Yale Law School and a graduate certificate in Ensemble-Devised Physical Theater. She shot the lead role in the comedic short, Auntie, executive produced by Paul Fagg, directed by Fazia Mirza, which world premiered at the Oscar qualifying Aspen Shorts Fest in 2022, receiving a special mention for best short short. Auntie has gone on to play at Series Fest and Palm Springs International Short Fest, among others. Vanita played Dr. Christine Long in HBO's Emmy-winning mayor of Easttown, opposite Kate Winslet, and has additional credits in shows and films such as Cop Shop with Gerard Butler, The Oval on BET, Dynasty on the CW, and Ordinary Joe on NBC. On stage, Vanita has worked with Shakespeare Theater Company in D.C. and MCC in New York, among others. She has also worked in Rwanda, Burundi, and Congo using theater to address post-genocide reconciliation, good governance, and land conflict, and has been a guest faculty teaching, devising, I'm not sh- that seems worded oddly, but I can't fix it right now, at Ste- Stevens College in Missouri. All right, it's 59. going to go dark. Thank you guys for your patience, and see you at the first commercial break. Okay, it's 9.03, and the movie ran just a tiny skosh over, so we were really well ingrained in exactly 9 o'clock. So that was a very short opening. Um, Jonas starting with the 5, and I am torn. I'm actually going to start at 4.75, just because there was a lot of unexplained things that got left hanging, like why he was hitting that walker with what looked like an artificial leg, but it was a giant spring, but it ended in a boot. And I'm not even sure if I'm seeing it right because it's all very dark. And then the walker is talking to him, and I know that's his imagination, but why would it be? It's all super strange. And I know he got hit in the head; and he's having memory issues and all that fun stuff. Uh, I expect it to get better. I hope. Um, I was kind of happy with last week's episode, so you know we'll see how we're doing here. All right, Joan has let me know at my request that tonight's episode ends at 10.04. Just so you know, we're going over just a tiny bit. All righty. Next profile, while we while we can, if we can. Zach Hanner as Angry Father. Zach Hanner was born in Mount Airy, North Carolina. A lot of North Carolina people are smaller roles. It's interesting. I wonder if they just had like a casting call thing or something. Um, He was born in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and spent his formative years growing up in nearby Pilot Mountain. After attending the North Carolina Shakespeare Festival in High Point, which featured a young Terrence Mann as Oberon in A Midsummer Night's Dream, and I bet that was hot, (laughs) he knew that stage would be a lifelong passion. At the age of 10, he landed the lead role in Christmas Opera, A Mall in the Night Visitors, and soon after portrayed the role of Dill in To Kill a Mockingbird. Both shows staged at the Andy Griffith Playhouse in Mount Airy, Griffith's hometown. We are back. I'll read you the rest at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 9.13. We're at break number two. Jonah's staying at five. I'm willing to go up to five only because I feel like we are mildly advancing the plot. Although, if any of our listeners are familiar with the David Lynch movie, Eraserhead, it's really starting to remind me of something like that. It's a lot of hallucinations and stuff. I know it's very film noir. I know that they pretty much said that that's what this is going to be. And it's definitely being that. And I'm, I'm having a little trouble following what's going on. But it's not... It's not fear. Let's put it that way. I don't mind it, but I'm struggling with it a tiny bit at the moment. Uh, So I'll stay at five. Let's see uh, how much more of Zach's profile we can try to get through. All righty. Zach Hanner took up surfing at age 13 and has been addicted to the sport for nearly 40 years. He plays piano, guitar, ukulele, bass, drums, and banjo. Henner also developed a love for music, eventually earning a spot in the esteemed choral ensemble at the North Carolina Governor's School in 1985. Having eschewed the stage for the basketball court throughout high school, he rediscovered his love for performing while attending the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. He threw himself into theater headlong, studying with amazing professors Paul Ferguson and Randall Hill in UNC's Performance Studies Department, eventually receiving his bachelor's degree. Following graduation, Hanner moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, in lieu of his original desired destination, Los Angeles. He became a founding member of the Comically Impaired, an improv comedy troupe that became a Wilmington stage staple. He also began working in the region's burgeoning film industry, including his first film role in Forrest Gump, um, which, by the way, ended up getting cut. But he still, he has IMDB credits for it, but it got put on the cutting room floor, unfortunately. He was one of the kids that was picking on Forrest. Hannah's mother, Rebecca, was one of only two artists in the Southeast selected to participate in artist Judy Chicago's collaborative installment, The Birth Project. He is married to Dagmar Cooley, a renowned landscape designer in Wilmington. He has 42 acting credits back to 1987, including Vampire Princess Mayu, Bubblegum Crisis, Matlock, The Patriot, Dawson's Creek, Constantine, the twenty fifteen T V show, and The MacGyver Reboot. His future projects include playing Shaden Rig, S-H-A-Y-D-O-N, Rig, Rigg, S H A Y D O N, Rig R I G G in a film called A Period Phoenix and I assume that A implies a first name that is a plot device. And also he plays gun store owner in a film called Befamet, which is currently filming and probably due out in 2023. All right. Um, we have a tiny little bio. I'll try to get to you. Brock D. Vickers plays Hesitant Father. There is no bio info on him. He has 12 acting credits back to 2011, including Philadelphia, The Great Experiment, Easter, The Perfect Cup, Hexercise, and War Game. And I will start the next one, but I think we'll end up get, having to pause and go back to the show. Jennifer Bowles as Desperate Mother. Jennifer Bowles was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am waiting for the AT&T commercial to see if we go back. We are not. We have Popeyes, so let's keep going. She made a Broadway debut in Green Day's American Idiot, performing alongside Billy Joe Armstrong. She was in the Broadway cast of Matilda the Musical and starred as Irma in Irma LaDouche Ledouce La or Douche, I can't remember, D-O-U-C-E, at City Center Encores. She also played the role of Miss Honey in the first national tour of Matilda and can be seen on Broadway, Boardwalk Empire, Saturday Night Live, and Blue Bloods. She has seven acting credits back to 2011. Future projects include playing Ginny Collins in The Neon Highway, a 2022 movie starring Bo Bridges. And now we are back. I'll see you guys at break number three, okay, guys. it's nine twenty seven uh one, two one two three. okay, we are at break number four. I had to sit and figure that out for a second. I'm going to five two five Jones going up to five point five. Um, we're still struggling with the weirdness factor going on here, but at least it's not to the level that some episodes of fear have been in, and we're both kind of hoping slash assuming that a lot of this stuff will begin to make sense as the episode goes on, and some of it does a little, I don't really understand why he's sort of phased out of time right now. I mean a lot of these scenes I mean they're not in like medieval England but it could there's a broad range of years this could be. And it was seven years ago so I'm not really sure when the walkers and all this stuff started in this timeline. It sounds like when they all knew each other and years ago when this is all beginning there weren't walkers yet, although it does sound like the people in this town in Maine sequestered themselves. So maybe seven years ago is when it started. I'm I'm really fuzzy. All right, let's go ahead and go back to the bios because we have a lot of data to give you guys and haven't finished it. All righty. Um, additional synopsis. Honestly, it's just. Kind of a expanded synopsis of what we already know, so I'm going to actually skip that. Let's go to writers and directors' profiles. Tonight, as a couple of episodes in this season, are written by Channing Powell, who's the showrunner for Tales, and directed by Satra. All right. And Channing Powell, I've done her bio several times. She's a DC, well, sort of DC local. She's from Easton, Maryland. Her husband's from McLean, Virginia. Um, she has been involved in Walking Dead for quite a long time. She's, uh, th- there's a lot of credits here. All I will update is that she uh, has written two episodes for this particular subseries, and this will be the second time. The first one that she wrote was uh, Season 1, Episode 3D, the episode about Alpha. And then Satro, again, somebody whose profile I've read a lot, so all I'm going to say is tonight is his third episode directing for Tales of the Walking Dead. He did one where Channing wasn't the writer, and he also did direct episode 3D with her. All right. Trivia about tonight's episode. We won't get too far, but I'll start it. Tonight's episode obviously is the fifth episode of Tales of the Walking Dead ever, Co-stars are Andrew Tickle as Durant, Mason James Bienvenue as Garin, Fiona Kate Caruso as Little Girl, William Rude Seal as Jules, Vanita Colra as Anguished Mother, Zach Hanner as Angry Father, Bro- Brock Dickers as Hesitant Father, (forget My Hiccups, and J- Jennifer Bowles as Desperate Mother. All right, they just have an ad for Shutter, but we'll probably be back soon. Uh, there's nobody listed as uncredited. We may get that next week. First and last appearance of Devon, Amanda, Nora, Arnaud, Jules, Durant, and Garen. The original title of this episode was Acadia. This was also originally the third episode of the season. However, as I mentioned several times, they were all rearranged for unknown reasons. And... I'm having trouble determining whether this scene is that we're back. We are back. Okay. I'll see you guys at break number five. Thank you. Okay, it's 941. Joan is going up to 575, and I'm actually going to join her. I took a big jump after this past scene. It doesn't entirely make sense, but it's making better sense, and I assume that's deliberate, so I'm going to roll with it. Uh, Let me go back to trivia. Trivia. Um, uncredited was not listed Trivia, first and last appearance of Devon, Amanda, Nora, Arnaud, June, Jules, Durant, and Guer- Um The original title of this episode was Acadia I realize I read this to you last time, but I just wanted to do it again This is also originally the third episode of the season However, it was rearranged for unknown reasons The original plot summary for the episode was as follows Within the walls of our protected community in Madawaska, Maine, an outsider named Devon suddenly wakes up with no memory of how he got there. With blood on his hands, Devon must piece together flashes of his life while being hunted by the French-speaking locals, seeking justice to a murder Devon does not remember, let alone believes he could have committed. Last week, episode trivia was the fourth episode of Walking Dead ever. That was uh, Amy... And uh, Doctor God I cannot remember his name now. Ah Um For the casting for this character and the name Chris use the name Kristen Lee. I read this to you guys last week. So Amy is described as sharp witted, straightforward, and unexpectedly shrewd. A longtime survivor, she consciously travels into dangerous territory. Kristen finds great significance in human connection and is quite adept at charming people even those who prove to be closed off. She has a unique ability to see through differences she has with others and persuade them to see her perspective using sarcasm and humor. Amy is the first Tales character to suffer an amputation. In her case, it's her left arm. No co-stars were listed. Uncredited, uh, we have more names than we did last week. Ed Force as Stetler. Jeff Barnett as Walker Specimen 21. Chelsea Reuter as Sunflower Walker. Unknown as Hannah, unknown as Pat, Jeff Barnett was Dr. Mosley, who is Walker Specimen 21, Ash Harrison as Specimen Gamma, and Chris Chabriel as Cube Truck Walker. Deaths in last week's episode. Dr. Mosley was zombified. Uh, Pat is a Walker, Hannah is a Walker, Amy is a Walker, at least 17 unnamed members of Amy's group, and one cow, and a partridge in a pear tree. First and last appearance of Chauncey Everett, Dr. Everett, that's what I was trying to think of. First and last appearance of Dr. Mosley, Amy, Pat, and Hannah. This was originally the second episode of the season, however, was rearranged for unknown reasons. The original plot summary for this episode was as follows. Years into the apocalypse, nature has consumed much of the world as we once knew it, and yet humans endeavor to survive. Naturalist Dr. Chauncey Everett played by Anthony Edwards, has spent the last decade in voluntary isolation. However, when Amy, Poppy Lou, an extroverted survivor, knowingly crosses into no man's land, Dr. Everett's own humanity is put into question. One of the extras portraying a dead sector settler also portrayed a hilltop resident in the TV series. This is a result of the main show and Tales of the Walking Dead both being filmed in Georgia, and it was Ed Force, who's survivor number 202 in seasons 9 through 11. Alrighty. Uh, This episode takes place in the Wiregrass region of the United States Specifically near the tri-point Of Georgia, Alabama, and Florida This is alluded to when Amy mentions the dead sector being near The Chattahoochee River Additionally, Anthony Edwards, who plays Dr. Everett Confirmed on Talking Dead That his character lives in the three-state area This episode takes place In the tenth year of the apocalypse Despite a horde being the supposed cause of the destruction of Amy's camp, none of the settlers showed signs of being eaten or torn apart by zombies. While several bodies littered the ground, the majority of the settlers were seen freshly turned and wandering the camp with no visible wounds or injuries consistent with a horde. This is not listed as an error, by the way, with the exception of Amy, who had a small wound on her neck. This may be a result of the show's limited budget for the first season, where effects make up... And special effects to convey details may have been scarified for other production priorities or the group was killed in another manner that was not directly conveyed on screen. And as I mentioned, there were no errors listed. We're back now. See you all at break number six. Okay, guys, it's 9.53, getting close to the end. Joan is going to six. I'm actually going to go to 6.5. And the reason... Why can I not type? <laughs> 6.5. There we go. A lot of stuff is starting to make sense now, and I like that. Um, the the plot's starting to coalesce together um, with stuff about Amanda. Let's do cast birthdays. and Make sure we get that in. Maximiliano Hernandez, who was Bob Canson, a uh, grady cop, uh, September 12th, and he's from Brooklyn. Andrew Lincoln, Andy Lincoln, Andrew James Clatterbuck, (laughs) how British is that, who obviously played Rick, plays Rick, Uh, September 14th, he's from London, Aisha Tyler, who's the director for Fear and World Beyond, uh, September 18th, and she's from San Francisco, so let's give them some happy birthday and thank you Zipping through real quick There was no identified featured music For last week, episode 4 No unaccounted for characters Because these are one-offs And there's no talking dead Associated with this series After the beginning Um, I have discussion links But we're not going to have time The season finale is next week Episode 6 called La Doña Uh, Writer is Lindsay Villarreal And director is Deborah Kempmeyer And that will be September 18th And then, as Joan mentions, for us, the the 25th will be a special episode. Um, Let me give you other upcoming shows on NDB Media while we have a second. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega. Uh, Mondays at 10 p.m., Roger D. Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. See the NDB Media Facebook page for the link. Fandom Access in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m., the entertainment explosion of Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they tackle another night of TV. Recent shows have included such as Westworld, the season finale of Moonhaven, The Sandman, Paper Girls, and whatever else sounds intriguing. I'm sure this week they will do something similar. On Wednesday, the Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show, Wednesday the 14th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD., a.k.a. the rock and roll shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health, health, sorry, uh, topic is to be discussed. We will choose something tonight or tomorrow. Travel, it's radio the 15th, day after, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 475th episode for them. Mesa is home to Chicago Cubs spring training, the mysterious Superstition Mountains, a new Arizona State University campus, and a beers and brews passport tour that blends the best of both. Travelich Radio spotlights the area, emphasizing foodie and adventure options, where Zoe Schursell, S-H-I-R-C-E-L of Visit Mesa, joins Travelage Radio. Listen live as Dan Schlossberg and co-host Mary Ellen Nugent Lee asks Zoe about the Fresh Foodie Trail, which features a 300-acre peach farm, an artisan sourdough bakery, and Arizona's only working olive farm, plus ways to explore old mining towns and stagecoach stops along the Apache Trail. And last but not least, Evernew. This is a somewhat new show for us. Uh, we'll be on the 24th at 10:30 uh, a.m. Pacific time, 1:30 p.m. Eastern time, with Chris M. Smith as host, Hannah Crane as co-host, and guests. Evernew is about living out loud, forging lasting connections, and visiting with effervescent thinkers and dreamers it's an uplifting hour that promises to leave everyone feeling better so who's up for some fun a new ever new podcast will air every other saturday at the same twitch slash ndb media links on the public page already we are back i'll see you guys at break number seven probably the end Okay, guys, it's 10.05. This is the end of this episode. I'm going to end on 6.75. Joan's ending on 6.5. I was pretty happy with things resolving themselves. It was fairly straightforward at the end, so I can forgive all the vagary from earlier, (laughs) which I appreciate. And all I have left is the outro, so I don't have to go too far over with my notes. Joan, thank you for helping and being here as always. (laughs) I want to thank not only everybody joining us tonight, but those of you who might be listening later on via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or on the Blog Talk Radio website. Special thanks and appreciation to our host, NDB Media, and we hope that you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on this same network where we have the season finale. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thank you for joining us and good night.